listeners. Heyo. Welcome to Rhapsody in Reverie episode three. Um, today. Today. <laughs> today. Today's episode is about. Drum roll, please. That sounded weird. <laughs> that was it. A... Like a baby when you hit their mouth and it's like da 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 da. Panic at the Disco today, because they're awesome, if you haven't heard lately. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're awesome. Um, and they have, unless you've been living under a rock, or are not a scene kid like me and Katya, mm. you will have noticed that they dropped two new songs. On the 21st, and they also, on that same day, dropped a music video, dropped Boom. a pre-order for their Bam. new album, and announced a tour. Shamalama ding dong. Look at that. <laughs> All on the same day. All within, like, the same, like, two hours. It was in the span of the same hour. Yeah, it was, like, back to back to back. I was basically about to cry. <laughs> yeah, I was amazed. I was enthused. It was incredible. So instead of our usual format, which if you've listened to the first two episodes, you've come to expect us to start with the early stuff and work their way up to the newest stuff and gush over that. But we're not going to do that today because this just happened. We feel that we have to talk about these two new songs. And then we're going to do what we normally do, which is... Start at the beginning and work our way to the yeah. present. Basically, I can't contain myself and I need to talk about these songs. <laughs> so we're going to do that first. Which one do you want to start with? I want to start with Silver Linings because okay. I cannot even like describe just how connected I am to that song. <laughs> I wish I could have gone back and just like filmed my reaction to that song. I wish I could bring you all inside of my head. It's a very it's a very good hype song. It's a really good song to start your day with, I think. Yeah, but beyond that, that song, it just really spoke to me and how I feel and how I want to feel about life, you know? Yeah. It's just the song about, forget silver linings. I want the best. I want to do great things. Mm-hmm. I want to be on top and be the best I can be. And I don't want to make the best of a bad situation. I just want the best situation. And I just, I think that's such a great, like, it was such a great reminder for me and for the world to just, like, forget about trying to just mitigate the damage and make the most mm-hmm. out of what you can. Just go out there and be awesome. Yeah, at the end of the day, like, the only one who's going to take your day from good to great is you. So you might as well go out there like a champ with a positive, forget the silver lining, I want that gold attitude. Go for gold. Yeah, when you hear about people, like, the top people in creative industries or business or anything, and all their stories, a lot of it ultimately just amounts to them refusing to take no for an answer Mm -hmm. and doing the work that they want to do and just continuing to do it and chase that dream of being the best at what they do that's a mentality that is so important to have in life if you want to succeed at anything really like you just have to keep going silver linings was such a great song to just hype you up and be like yeah this is your chance 
Forget about silver linings. Go for the gold. That's all you really want in life. Go for it. Yesterday, I needed to hear that. Specifically yesterday, I was having a ter- Tuesday, I had kind of a bad day. Mm-hmm. And I was feeling really lost and confused. I was, like, on the phone with my mom in tears. And then Wednesday rolls around, and I put that song on and I was like oh my god what am what am I doing I need to just relax and just remember to just keep going hell yeah man this is your life this is your powerhouse moment you fight for it it was one of those serendipitous moments when a song comes in right when you need to hear it Mm -hmm. so for that to be one of the first songs that they launched for this new album cycle and for it to happen on that day of all days was just like it added to my feelings of hype and excitement around this new album. Very fortuitous. <laughs> Extremely fortuitous. And I'd like to point out that, according to iTunes, at least, um, Silver Lining is the first song on that album, Pray for the Wicked, which is not out until, they say, June 22nd. But what a powerhouse to start an album with. Like, oh, yeah. here we are. We're ready to go for gold. Let's go. Boom. <laughs> yeah. In your face. That is such a, like, when I first heard that, those, there are certain songs I put into weird categories, such as songs that make me want to dance down a city street with the sun shining, as if I'm in, like, I don't know, a hemorrhoids cream commercial, you know, like how they, (laughs) (laughs) you know, no, but like, it's always like those weird medicinal things where like, they're disproportionately happy about something. Yeah. This song made me want to dance down a city street with cartoon birds chirping, like, yeah. I was feeling it. And and you know what? Technically speaking, like going to the musical aspect of it, you can tell that, that he had fun with this song. And I love the horn section. Honestly, oh, that yeah. horn section is so triumphant. And you can't... I love the fact that Brendan Urie is this overdramatic theatrical person. I love that he's in touch with that part of himself. Because every time he includes a horn section, which is getting more and more frequent, mm-hmm. I, I thank God. <laughs> yes. Like, it really shows, honestly, the hard work that he puts in in composition because it's so good. It's so well thought out. It's so well put together. It's a very well mixed song. Mm-hmm. The horns don't overwhelm you. His vocals, although overwhelming in a general sense, don't overwhelm you. Um, everything is it's just a very well put together song. Yeah, it's a very cohesive unit. And what I love about Panic at the Disco especially as their careers progress, is that Brendan Urie's very good at crafting a, I guess almost like a, it's like this musical movie that he creates when he creates an album. Like He's extremely cinematic. Yeah, definitely. His, his work is a very cinematic thing. Everything he puts together is very much intentional and very much meant, he, he is, dare I say it, the Citizen Kane of music. No, <laughs> that was bad. Um, but but no, you're right. It is very cin- cinematic. It's very much. Oh wow. Um, I was googling for a fact check that I know will pop up later in this episode, and I just saw them described as baroque pop. Yeah, I've heard that before. I've never heard that term before. But you know what? That's a really good term for what this yeah. is. I guess. I guess they transcend genre. For me, because mm-hmm. of how incredible, I guess, just Brendan Urie by this point, has grown musically. So, I'm impressed. This song impressed me. Before we move into their older stuff, do we want to talk about Say Amen? Yes, we want to talk about Say Amen. Yeah. Because that was the first song I heard. I didn't start with Silver Lining. Yeah, I got on to Twitter that day on the 21st, and... Mm-hmm. I saw the tweet for the video first. Yes. For um, Say Amen. And so I saw the video and listened to the song. And, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> I was... What a great video. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, we were talking about this yesterday. I wanted to, like, punch a wall and destroy stuff. It was so, mm-hmm. like, raucous and crazy (laughs) and yeah and i ended up i ended up i don't know if you saw this but i ended up putting that uh say amen and silver linings but definitely say amen on our regrets are for the morning playlist (laughs) 
which is a playlist that Katarina and I made in college for, for parties. For parties. Yeah, for parties. Yeah. Um That's what it is. Like we're not yeah. gonna be in our own bush. This is what it was for. It was a, it's it a, was hype a party playlist. playlist. It's a hype playlist. Yeah. It gets you hype, it gets you in the mood to go crazy. And so yeah, I put both of those songs on there because like it really gets you hype. You really, really wanna just like lose it to that song. And I mean, mm-hmm. come on, he's like, it's Saturday night. And you're yeah. just like, yeah. I love the song so much because, like, this music video is just this wonderful theatrical presentation of James Bond, Brendan Urie, uh, straw-dogging a bunch of home invaders <laughs> trying to take back uh, this mystical key, I guess, he stole when he was playing Indiana Jones. I don't know. But, <laughs> number one, I want more. I want the full movie. But anyway, it was enjoyable. It was entertaining. And, and yeah, that song, that song just got me hyped. What what a great chorus, honestly. He's like, I pray for the wicked on the weekend, like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me. No. But it's it's just it's a you're right, it's it's a very where the wild things are kind of chorus. We're gonna move on really quickly because I know we, we can't spend the whole episode talking about these two songs. Uh, I mean we could I but wanna, we won't. I wanna take I wanna take a moment to acknowledge that beautiful, beautiful high note that he hits at the end of the song. Even on Silver Linings, too, his range is, like... No, I know know his range is incredible, but, like, on this one, I'm like, thank you. And also, you've destroyed your voice now because you're going to have to perform this song live every single time you have a tour stop. That note was beautiful. And And I I loved how when they paired it in the music video, he was getting kicked in the balls. I was like, (laughs) you know what? (laughs) That attention to detail was on point. Attention! It was incredible. But um, overall, I think this, this bodes very well for the new album. Oh, I'm so Pray hyped. For the Wicked. I'm so hyped for this album. If Brendan's job <laughs> was to get us hyped, uh, he did it. Oh, he succeeded. The album artwork mm-hmm. is so great. I love it so much. It's really... I love it. It's, it's so cool. I want it as a poster for my wall. You'll probably get it if you go on tour. Yeah, I'll probably get it. They are touring. Look, it is a good day. So uh, forget that silver lining. Only gold is hot enough. Yeah. But bam And with that, we're going to take a trip back in time to to what year? Uh, Who knows? The early aughts. Any. We're going to travel back in time to sweet baby year 2005. Oh, gosh. Has it really been that long? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So... Let's let us discuss. Their music is old enough to listen to them now. Huh. <laughs> yeah. That's Think about it. That's true. What was your first panic song? I feel like everybody's first panic song was the same panic song. Yeah. I write sins, not tragedies. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anyone who was like Oh yeah, my first panic song was "Ready to Go," or oh yeah, my first panic song was uh, "That Green Gentleman" oh, or "Nine in the Af- Whatever. I'm sure they exist. I'm sure they exist, but not in our generation. I feel like mm-hmm. everybody's first panic song was "I Write Sins, Not Tragedies," because number one, how more iconic in the emo pop punk scene can you get than that opening? Yeah. Like if you were alive. In like two thousand five, two thousand six, you mm-hmm. heard that song. Like, yeah, yeah, it went double platinum. I refuse to believe that anybody on the world at that time hadn't heard that song at least once. But yeah, that was also my first Panic song. Specifically, that song I heard because one of my very good friends at the time, who this was. Very early in our friendship, she made me a mix CD, which was like one of the first times anybody had ever Aww. made me a mix CD outside of my family. That's really cute. Yeah, and I Write Sins Not Tragedies was on it, and I remember hearing it and being like, this is the coolest song I've ever heard in my entire life. Right? <laughs> Everybody has that gateway song that gets them into emo pop punk mm-hmm. music. And I Write Sins Not Tragedies was definitely mine. Like, it was that song mm-hmm. that I 
heard that was like the first of its kind that I had ever heard. And from that moment on, I slowly fell deeper and deeper and deeper into that scene. Awesome. Honestly, like there's no other word for that because what a great gateway drug. <laughs> it is the best gateway drug. Like, I think, I think honestly, musically speaking, lyrically speaking, they might be the best of the emo trinity. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking My Chemical Romance, Fall Out Boy, and Panic as the trinity. Yeah, which, which I am. Yeah, then, uh, yeah, I think Panic is probably the best all around, or at least for me, personally. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's subjective. There's no hate to any of the other bands oh, yeah. mentioned, by the way. I love like, all they're all incredible. I mean, hey, Fall Out Boy was our first episode. <laughs> yeah, but I, I have to, like, concede the fact that Panic is better at many things technically and artistically, like, in their art, how they do what they do to me. Yeah, I think you'll get a lot of people that don't typically listen to emo music to be able to appreciate Panic songs. Yes, that's what I love about them. Like, and I've had discussions about this with other friends who, not that this is the benchmark, but we, we talked about how... Panic of the Disco is the only band that our moms enjoy. Of the yeah. emo music that we listen to as kids, Panic of the Disco is the one. Like, like my mom loves Brendan Urie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have no idea. She bought her own copies of some of the albums. Like, that, is, that to me is incredible. When, like, an emo band can transcend generational boundaries. Like, yeah. to me, that speaks volumes. Yeah, I mean, I remember playing, like, Northern Downpour for, like, my dad and stuff. And my brother liked Northern Downpour. My parents, my family, they're all like, this isn't half bad. Like, it's pretty good. And, right. <laughs> like, I think that's really been solidified, like, in mainstream culture they were nominated for a grammy the award thing to me isn't the thing that makes them special but the fact that they were able to be recognized yeah like that yeah is to is is pretty cool especially because of how hard that is mm-hmm. but i really do want to talk about this album because the fever you can't sweat out um i discovered i write since not tragedies when i was like around that time when i was really young and uh surfing youtube for hours like i weirdly enough i discovered new music a lot through youtube when i was a kid Mm -hmm. um we're like oh suggested video and i would click on it and and like i'm sure you felt this too like when you saw that music video it was like this is so theatrical and weird and (laughs) and steampunk i love it um like to to, that was it was so funny to me (laughs) in retrospect that i saw it on youtube but i didn't go out of my way to listen to the rest of that particular album. Mm-hmm. Me neither. For years. For years. Like, I got to high school and and met some... One of my best friends that I met in high school basically made me go through their discography and was like, you don't understand. Yeah. Like, you have to go back and study them. Mm-hmm. You Like, she was, she's a, she was a mega fan. Like, I, I don't know if I... Yeah, no, she's still, like, a huge fan today. But she was like, you don't appreciate them unless you sit down... And you listen, everything, track by track. And, and she's, she actually got me that album. Because I didn't own a hard copy of that album. Mm-hmm. It's, it's weird because for her, it was such an influential album mm-hmm. on who she was. And for me, like at, before I got to high school, I, I knew some of their songs. And it didn't have, I think, as much of an impact on me until I got to about high school. Which I think is appropriate. That's, that's the age mm-hmm. I feel like their intended music was supposed to be anyway. Yeah. But um, it, my angst was more real when I got to high school as opposed to being middle school. <laughs> mm-hmm. But no, like they, a lot of their music, at least on that album, was based on on books and based on certain philosophies, and like that influenced what my friend read, how my friend felt, how she like. It was really cool. And then, of course, she got me into reading the books that some of their songs were based on. And I was like, wow, this makes the song. It, it adds a whole other layer to me now. And mm-hmm. like it, it's, it was really cool to see my understanding of it and my understanding of their music in general. And again, their th- theatricality and dramaticism seems to have been a trend from the very beginning with them. Yeah, it's definitely it's <laughs> the defining characteristic of Panic at the Disco. 
that's what really ties her discography all together for me, and it's something that really stuck out to me when I started getting into them seriously because just like you like I heard I write since not tragedy when it came out and like I loved it a lot but I didn't go back to listen to a fever you can't sweat out until much later and it wasn't until high school that I started listening to them more seriously and even in high school I still didn't listen to fever you can't sweat out until like the very end instead I was listening to um songs off vices and virtues and songs off pretty odd i had a sort of piecemeal approach to loving panic at the disco i just like kept hearing different panic at the disco songs and being like oh my god this is incredible oh my god this one is incredible too until finally i hit this like threshold of like all right now i need to actually just listen to all of it through all of that what kept me going in that sort of discovery process was the fact that every single time they put out a song, it had that theatricality to it. A Fever You Can't Sweat Out is this sort of older kind of, I want to say vaudeville, but not exactly kind of style. But then you like fast forward to their, some of their later stuff and it goes into a whole nother territory of more sort of... Like a film score. Yeah, like film, it gets more cinematic. It's like you're almost exploring the different transformations of theater through Panic at the Disco. What song off of this album was your favorite? The nostalgia makes me want to say I Write Since Not Tragedies, but I'm going to say my favorite song on the album is Build God Then We'll Talk because of the interpolation of my favorite things from The Sound of Music. Because when I was a kid, my mom would play me music to fall asleep. And she bought The Sound of Music soundtrack. And she would play that for me to go to sleep. And I was in love with that soundtrack when I was like five years old. It's a beautiful memory. So when I heard Bill God Then We'll Talk years later and heard that, I freaked out. Like, I was like, oh my god, that's (laughs) from The Sound of Music. And that, like, endeared me to them even more. Because I was like, I get that reference. (laughs) I understand. I understand. I know what you're talking about. (laughs) So, yeah. I love love those songs. Those are great, Mm -hmm. great choices. Yeah, I feel like automatically we can't even mention Iris Sims Not Tragedies because, again, that was... You can't compete with that song. Yeah. But I really loved the whole vibe of But It's Better If You Do. Mm. I have yeah. loved that song. I love the fact that the, the music video is so, like, silent movie gangsta film. I'm going to a strip club. Ha-ha. And then <laughs> at the end, they end up arrested. To me, that was great. I love that whole aesthetic of the video. I love the whole aesthetic of the song, which, in retrospect, is hilarious that, like, it's about a guy going to a strip club to forget about a girl when they were, like, 18. Yeah. Maybe. And it's like, you wouldn't have been able to get into this strip club. <laughs> Let's you be no real. idea. <laughs> Time to Dance is one of my favorites. Partly because that song was so tied with my friend and her introducing me to the book Invisible Monsters by Chuck Palahniuk. Mm. That song is basically the book. Like, there are lines from the book in that song. It's such a, an incredible, incredible novel. I highly recommend to everybody that they read it. I will not spoil a single thing of what happens in that book because you're just going to go, what? <laughs> um, like, the song doesn't spoil anything. But, but my favorite part of that song is, is when he's, um, what is the, have some composure, where's your posture, give, give me envy, give me madness, give me more attention, all that stuff. That's a photo shoot thing. Like, give me envy, click. Give me attention click you know all yeah. that stuff that's those are lines from the book because the main character happens to be a model and this is part of her internal monologue is she thinks like that sometimes and i just love how <laughs> this song is put together i love the weird dark frantic energy of the whole song mm-hmm. and i have to, i have to concur with you that um build god then we'll talk is such a good song too yeah so good so let's move on to vices and virtues honestly when i talked about vices and virtue i have to talk about ready to go of course that i mean it was the big song for everybody 
It was a big song for Panic within the scope of their career because it was very popular. And it was a huge, huge, huge song for me, like, in my life. Ready to go? Yeah, because that song came out, and that was another moment for me where it was a song that I heard when I needed to hear it. I was in high school. It was probably, like, either the end of my sophomore year or the beginning of my junior year. And Mm -hmm. so in high school, like maybe a lot of people out there, I sort of went through a pretty hard time and I've struggled with depression and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But that song was probably one of the only things that sort of got me out of it. Like music was the thing that sort of saved me in my life. And that song was a big part of it because... I was so sick of where I was in my life. There was a lot going on for me in my head and myself. And that song, I'm ready to go, get me out of my mind. That was exactly how Mm -hmm. I felt in my life at that time. And I was, I needed that because I needed that sort of cathartic release of just like, I need to get out of here. I've got better, bigger things to do with my life. Did it make you more frantic or did it uplift you and make you feel better like change is coming kind of a thing? Yeah, it was more of a change is coming. It made me feel more driven, honestly, because yeah, it was our junior year of high school. I did drama club for the first three years of high school and towards the end of it, I was feeling really stuck there and I wasn't really happy. I wasn't feeling fulfilled that song was sort of a catalyst for me to be like, I don't need to do this, and I can focus on the next steps in my life, which was college, and finishing high school strong, and making sure my grades weren't suffering, and getting through the next, like, year that I had, and so that song gave me the courage to help me step into the person that I wanted to become, that song sort of sparked a whole lot of other changes. And by the time I got to my senior year, I was dressing differently. Oh. And I was, like, actually trying to sort of, like, figure out who I was as a person and, like, be creative. And I was also, like, looking at colleges. And then when I finally got accepted to college, I was going on line on, like, different, like, accepted students boards and I was actually talking to other people on those which is something I would never have done a couple years prior and I owe a lot of that change to Panic at the Disco and Ready to Go because when I say I listened to that song I listened to that song repeatedly over and over again for like months. That's so awesome though that that to me is a beautiful example of the power of music and the power of, of a song to move somebody. So I, I know that it was probably Brendan and Spencer Smith like making a statement about the trajectory of their band and like a tra- the trajectory of their own lives. But the fact that that feeling can be so universal once put into a song that it can motivate people like, you know, kids trying to figure out their life. Like that's to me a beautiful thing. Very life affirming. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm sure there are thousands, thousands of stories just like mine, like, about that song, Mm -hmm. because it's just so powerful in terms of that feeling of, go, get up and go. Panic at the Disco is so good at just grabbing you and shaking you by your shoulders and saying, go, live your life. Be Be alive. Be alive. Forget everything else. It is incredible. And... For me, like, I liked the song when it came out. I I love this album in general, but this song for me, like, didn't play a big part until I was literally in the car going to college. Mm-hmm. Like, I was scared out of my mind. I was going to a new state. I was, I was, I wasn't scared until, like, a couple of weeks before I was set to, to move in. Mm-hmm. But I was scared. And part of how I made myself feel unafraid was by making a playlist, and this song was, like, the first song on that playlist. Yeah. So, I agree completely. Like, this is a very much a go get em tiger kind of song. Like, 
it's so good <laughs> such a good song it's <laughs> so good it, yeah that song was really just it's what sort of made me fall in love with them completely like after that song yeah. I, I surrendered myself to them i was like you guys you saved my life <laughs> so <laughs> you oh you I'm, i am yours like <laughs> You have saved my life, and I am in your debt, and the rest is history. Yeah. And I think for for me, at least, um, this album is very special to me because it did help me bond with one of my best friends. Like, the one who I told you about, who I mentioned earlier, I will not name names because I don't know if they feel like being named mm-hmm. or not. But I feel like, because this was her favorite album that they had put out at the time. And we bonded over this album, and I learned about her in a way through which songs were her favorite songs. And after listening to it, like, very closely, I felt like I had a better insight into who she was. And after listening to it a whole bunch of times, and then choosing my own favorite songs, I felt like I had a better insight as to who I was, which was very interesting. And, like, this album, to me, is one of their most beautiful in terms of orchestration, I really, really, really love the song Nearly Witches. <laughs> the final song of that album is just so lovely to me. I don't know. I heard that it has to, it, it draws more on literary illusions. I love it. I love this whole album. I love the whole feel. And I have a special connection to The Ballad of Mona Lisa because that single was released on my birthday. Yay! So. Yay! So, top top favorite songs off this album. Ready to Go is the mm-hmm. top. But for the sake of having a variety, I also really love the calendar. Interesting choice. Yeah. Okay. I like it c- specifically because of the chorus. I, I love Ready to Go so much. That's obviously the top song. Um, Ballad of Mona Lisa, I love. Um... Always is very special to me because it's so beautiful, and it's also one of the first songs I learned how to finger pick out on the guitar. Oh, yeah. So I have that, like, that connection to it. Um, and I really, really, really like it, Nearly Witches. Mm-hmm. It's so good. <laughs> and I'm a sucker for French, because he puts French lyrics in it, and it's like, he knows! <laughs> he knows we're all pretentious. <laughs> jump into too weird to live too rare to die yes okay so too weird to live too rare to die is special for me because that was it was during that time that i got to see them live for the very first time and had the time of my life it was incredible i love them and too weird to live too rare to die is just such a stellar stellar album but I really want to talk about This oh, Is Gospel. We have to talk about This Is Gospel. When I first heard it, I I yeah. cried. I ugly I ugly cried. I kn- this was written for Spencer Smith in his struggle with drug addiction mm-hmm. and in Brendan's struggling with how to help him, and that's a beautiful thing. And I know he sat on the song for a while because he wasn't sure if he should even make anything out of it, but. I, I think it's beautiful that when, when he showed it to Spencer, Spencer was like, I appreciate you writing this. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a beautiful yeah. thing. And to me, it's the most heart-wrenching song in this album, besides the last song yeah. on the album. But This Is Gospel, I was, I was not feeling good about things in my life. And that song was like, you're holding on to things that are hurting you. Let it go. Yeah. And, and it was a beautiful thing. And like I found out about the, the motives for the song later obviously because like he didn't immediately come out and tell people why he wrote the song or who he wrote the song for but in that moment i think it was it was a very therapeutic song at least for me and i'm sure for for millions of other fans out there like it was very much uh if you're struggling 
it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it was, it was so beautiful and heart-wrenching, and, and I, I got to, I got to feel a little better for three minutes and seven seconds. It was, yeah. it's so good. And also, also, the piano cover that he, he oh, did yeah. later, that he Incredible. put out, is, is my favorite version of that song. But I will say that This Is Gospel, the original track, on Too Weird to Live, Too Rare to Die, is such an incredible, like, it's such a well-put-together song. It's so well-mixed. It's so well-balanced. Yeah, it's so, it. it was such a cathartic song um, for, for everybody that heard it, I'm sure. Um, yeah, because mm-hmm. I know I certainly, like, I also just was just blown away by how personal and close to home it hit i think i think it's a feeling that a lot of people can relate to that feeling of just um needing to let go and that piano cover really solidifies his talent as a vocalist it's just this it's just him and a piano and his voice is yeah made for the angels. It's beautiful. It, <laughs> and when he hits the those notes in the chorus, oh my god. Oh man, that song. It is a work of art. I think it transcends the feeling of the rest of this album. Because as he said, this album is an ode to Vegas. Yeah. Um which is awesome. Um, I've never been to Las Vegas. This album made me want to go to <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> this, this album was like, debauchery! Yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. I love this album. But I have to say, This Is Gospel stands alone in so many respects. Like, it is a work of art. It really is a thing of beauty. Yeah. Um, the End of All Things, to me, is one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, I heard that he played that at his wedding because it was for her. Yeah, it's their vows. Mm-hmm. Um, what a beautiful piece! Yeah, I want that song played at my wedding. <laughs> Brendan, are you cool like, with that? Can I use that? <laughs> it 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 is such a meaningful and beautiful song, and it is so raw and real. I think that's why I love the two of them. The first and the last song sort of come out of nowhere on this album. Like, they hit you in the, in the feels. They just punch you right in the heart. And they're like, you ready for some raw, unfettered emotion? You're Boom! Get the it. power of love. Ah, oh. And the piano oh on that piece. <laughs> oh my god. I wept like a baby. But, like, out of appreciating the beauty. That, it didn't touch me in the same way that this is gospel touched me. Because this is gospel hit me in a place of, uh, you're in pain. This is to alleviate the pain. The end of all things is this is from a place of just we're going to revel in love. This is pure, beautiful, romantic love. And I was like, I eat it up. I love it. Yeah. Which is <laughs> <Just> the most. <laughs> After I said that, I was like, what kind of reaction is that? <laughs> no, but it, it was so beautiful. It's so peaceful. And it's. Yeah. I hope you're going strong, guys. I hope what I strong. Yeah, what I love about that song is that, like, love songs are a dime a dozen. Everybody writes love songs. Songs are always about love. But there's something so refreshing about that song because it's not this, like, overbearing, like, I love you so much. It's just like a mm-hmm. lay us down, we're in love. Like, that's it the end of all things like nothing else matters we love each other and that's it and it's so beautiful it's so simple it's to the point and you don't always get that from love songs and so yeah hearing that song it's just you can't help but just want to melt because it's this beautiful just expression of two people finding each other and realizing that nothing else really matters it's just they're gonna be in love and 
now. No, it's absolutely all of gorgeous. All my feelings now. It, yeah. The end of all things is a beautiful way to end it. It's one of my favorite, like, ending songs. And just like This Is Gospel is one of my favorite beginning songs. Like, it's, like, he opened and closed this album beautifully. And I think it all ties together very well with the rest of this album. In the sense that, like, when you think about the fact that this album is about Las Vegas. Um... Okay. I think that I think that this is gospel and the end of all things are equally Vegas songs to, like just like all the other ones. Interesting. I mean you, you think Explain. about Vegas and Vegas so many people elope and run off and get married in Vegas. And I mean some people like end up getting divorced the next day, but like there are people that literally just, like, drop everything, go to Vegas and get married, or just for the sake of being in love. There is there is a weird, crazy, wild romanticism within Las Vegas that is there. It's, it's definitely there. And then this is gospel is, like, it's a song about struggling, and I think it's a beautiful struggle being in Vegas. You're surrounded by excess. You're surrounded by hedonism. There are elements of Vegas in those songs, just like all of the other ones. And, like, huh. it's different sides of Vegas. I mean, I'm speaking from a perspective of an outsider looking at Vegas from afar. Yeah. So I could be completely mm-hmm. wrong, but... When I heard this album, like, I felt like those songs, along with all the others, spoke to a sort of, a Vegas, maybe not a modern day Vegas, but a Vegas of another time. That would fit, considering his love for, like, the Frank Sinatra era, or, you know what I mean, like, when when Sinatra yeah. headlined in Vegas, like. The real, the real heyday of Vegas, honestly. Yeah. You're right. I had never considered that before because I admittedly, <laughs> this may sound dumb, most of my impressions are from, of, of, of Las Vegas are from pop mm-hmm. culture. And I feel like this is coming from the perspective of somebody who, who knows Vegas, who does know Inside it, who loves it. So favorite songs on this album. This is so hard for me. Because <laughs> I can sit up here and say that I love every single one of these songs. This is Gospel is definitely number one. That I can say without question. Mm-hmm. The yeah. End of All Things is probably a close second. Far Too Young to mm-hmm. Die, I think, is a really great song. That's a really good song. It's a really song. good song. It's a song that I don't think gets enough love, but it has this sort of like end of the world feeling. It's like the song that plays towards the end of the movie where it's like two thieves are about to pull their last big heist. One thing is Something's gonna happen. Something's gonna go wrong. There's this feeling of like finality to it. And they know they're probably not gonna make mm. it out alive. So they light a cigarette, they load up their guns, and they're just like, we're gonna go. It's a very, it's a very Butch and Sundance kind yeah, of song. It's just, yeah, it's You're got right. that sort of just like this is it kind of feeling and it's really cool it it it's a song that like when i listen to it out on the street or like just like walking around it just makes me feel so much more powerful but yeah but then i also love colorful because that's just a beautiful fun song oh my god i just realized it's a play on color seriously you just realized that oh (laughs) god Oh my god. <laughs> I hate Where myself. Where have huh? you been? <laughs> no, because he's like, I've got a collar full. Like, he's talking about a collar. And I was always like, a collar full of what? Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Whatever. It's a fun song. But yeah, would you say that those are basically your favorites? The or? entire album's my favorite, okay? I own this That's on true. vinyl. It's like, a good album. I love this album from start to finish. But this is gospel is definitely number one, and end of all things is number two. So 
I love This Is Gospel. I really like nicotine. Uh, There's some beautiful lyricism in nicotine. nicotine. I taste you on your lips and I can't get rid of you, so so I say damn your lies and the awful things you do. I love that line. What a good line. I love casual affair because it's so weird. It's so, it feels like I'm underwater when I hear that song. Um, okay, and last but not least, we're talking about Seth of a Bachelor. As of this moment, as of this exact moment, this is my favorite album because of how incredible it is. I'm sorry, to me, this is number one. I adore Frank Sinatra. I love the influence of Frank Sinatra on this album. I loved Death of a Bachelor when I first heard it on the radio, and like I made sure to turn into iHeartRadio at the exact time of day that they were premiering this song because I needed to hear it. When he said, oh, it's got a Frank Sinatra sound, I was like, I'm listening yeah. to it. And it was so good. <laughs> That's my favorite song, I think, that he's done so far. I love that mm-hmm. song so much. And it's such a, it's such a beautiful thing, and it, the music video sort of conveys this, but it's, you get the feeling this is, like, at a wedding party, and, like, this is so cool. I love this whole album because this album was basically the first year he had a married life living in L.A. He's made it, supposedly, and this is the progression mm-hmm. of the year. And it's just a range of emotion, and... It's weird because it's like, this is what you get when you have an adult man who's like, he's, he's achieved his dreams. And like, you hear it on Emperor's New Clothes where it's like, all of the creative force, all of the creative power is now mine and I can do whatever I want. And, and he does go crazy on this album. It's incredible. Um, and there's, it's such an, uh, there are a lot of highs and a lot of lows here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This is so good. It's such a good album. It really is. Crazy Equals Genius made me think of a Stray Cats song, and I loved that. Yeah. This entire (laughs) album. I mean, honestly, I feel like Death of a Bachelor, that song, may have single-handedly cinched him that Grammy nomination, because it's just so perfect. The vocals on that album. The horns! The horns! He said he said in an, in an interview that he wanted to go back to composing on piano because apparently the last album he composed on the computer. And he's like, I want to compose something on the piano. And apparently it felt very loungy, very, very of that time. And he's like, I want to do something influenced by this guy who I love. And Death of a Bachelor came out of that. And I'm like, what a powerhouse of a song. What an incredible yeah, song. The vocals on that song. I lost my mind when I heard that chorus for the first time. Like he hit that Yeah. He hit that death of a bachelor and I was about to scream. I I thought I Oh my god. I cannot Can I can I, I make my I can't um there <laughs> were feelings that I was feeling <laughs> when I heard that. Oh boy. That I'm going to be even worse. I'm going to be even worse. When I, fir- when I first heard how his voice sounded on that first verse, how silky smooth it sounded, like the, the low notes he was hitting, I was like, he's evoking my Frankie. Frankie, you've risen from the dead. <laughs> Come back to sing through this boy. I love it. Really, honestly <laughs> and truly. <sighs> it's so good. And this is the song that my mother loves. This is her favorite song. Oh, I'm song. sure. Which is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful song. And it's a a song of a different time. Um, And it's a lovely song. It is a romantic, life-affirming song. It's a beautiful song. It's also just, (sighs) like, lyrically, it's just such a beautiful, like, image and expression of what he's, like, saying. The bachelor me is dead. On to a beautiful Mm -hmm. new life with uh, my beautiful wife. And living... And being a new man. It's so beautiful. Hallelujah was also another... Again, it was another song that I heard when I needed it. (laughs) Like, why does Panic always do this to me? I agree. Like, I I agree. This, ugh. I remember when this single came out. I laid on my bed and it was raining. And I was feeling it. I was like... 
this is weird. Panic needs to stop yeah. doing this. <laughs> I I remember I listened to that song a lot when I was walking mm-hmm. home from work because at this time I was interning, um, in California, and I would yeah I would have to walk home from work every day, and at this time I was feeling a little unsure of myself and mm-hmm. it was just this really great cathartic song just like throwing your hands up and just praise it just just praise life and just live again live life live in the moment <laughs> so much of panic at the disco for me is just the reminder to just live and like it's it's strange how often i need that reminder but beautiful that panic is able to provide that to me without fail every two years every two years there yeah, you go they... have some life affirming and i'm totally okay with it because as long as they keep coming through i know i can get through things i can get through life if i brought yeah. them there rooting for me and being there to hold out a hand and be like we're gonna get through this together we're gonna we're gonna go <laughs> We're gonna go out into the abyss, live life, and not accept anything less than our best and the best. And that's so beautiful. Beautiful. And hallelujah. Such a good song. This song's. And Victorious is also so good. It was on my 2017 playlist. Every year at the beginning of the year, like New Year's Day, I make a playlist of songs mm-hmm. that sort of act as like i guess it's my version of new year's resolutions but it's songs that i Mm. want to sort of like go into the new year sort of with that sort of intention set that's beautiful yeah so i make a playlist every year of songs that i feel like sort of speak to the year i want to have in the next 12 months and that was on my 2017 playlist i believe it was the first song on that on my 2017 playlist because I wanted, or sorry, it was the second song. The first song was Graduation Day by Head Automatica. But, um, no, the second song was Victorious, because 2017 was the year that we graduated college, and it was, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, it was a victorious feeling, and that song was mm-hmm. really, really good to hear as I was wrapping up my last year. Just being like, yeah, we yeah. did it. We made it through. Yeah. Song made 2016 a song yeah. year. We saw Panic together in 2017. We did. <laughs> it's a great night. A lot of whiskey yep. was involved, but it was a great night. Um, uh, We had spectacular seats and glitter and, and streams of golden ribbon fell from the ceiling and i kept some of that you oh, best believe too. it i might still have some <laughs> it was great honestly it was such a fun night i that's one of my favorite concerts i've ever been to and i saw them the exact same tour okay <laughs> you know it's funny we saw them in february because i had bought tickets uh, as a gift for all of us to celebrate this is it this is our our senior year and we went to see it and i think we were the second show on the tour and then a one of my friends, who we've been talking about this whole episode, was like, hey, I got tickets to see them over Easter weekend. Will you come down and visit me and we'll go? And I was like, yes. And I saw the second to last show that they did. The and it was in. so fun. <laughs> it was beautiful. And it was weird to, like, to see them at the two different, like, the starting points of like, oh, here's the beginning of the tour and here's the end of the tour. And it was great. And you know what was amazing about this tour is that I've never seen a tour more than once so this was the first for me the energy was still the same beautiful high like they were still so enthusiastic about performing they were enthusiastic about the Mm -hmm. music they'd written and it was so well performed it was so good (laughs) he's such a stellar musician they're all so good Mm -hmm. so good Okay, back to the the back to the actual album oh my god so many greats Emperor's New Clothes is one of the most incredible songs to me because it is such a joyous celebration of someone having complete creative control mm-hmm. over something. <laughs> and I'm sure, like, in the background, like, there are other writers and there are, there are producers who influence him and blah, 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 but, like, the band is his yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> he is Panic. 
can it is him he can he can he can, he he can has, do what he wants he has he achieved wants. symbiosis <laughs> it's so incredible he's got actual like choruses in the background singing <laughs> operatically and it's wonderful he's hitting those high notes he's just he's just having the time of his life and you know what buddy good for you you enjoy live it, it up man live it up wear that crown wear that crown he for it yeah yeah he did <laughs> i love crazy i love crazy equals genius that's a great song la devotee is one of my favorites yeah. though that's a fun one it is so it's joyously it's just joyously in love with la and and maybe this album to me is the progression of getting more and more um uh, disillusioned with LA maybe like he's he's in love with LA but he's realizing it's maybe not exactly what he wanted or thought it would be I should say I should clarify that um because towards towards the end of the album you get some really sad songs going into like the veneers of things and how how memories can affect you and I mean the impossible year that song yeah. Oof. <laughs> Emotionally. <laughs> but like it's such an interesting album. It's such a a range of like you have the the beginning where it's it's you're happy and like you're you're literally victorious and then it's don't threaten me with a good time or he's living it up, he's partying, he's having a grand old time. Also, me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> what are your favorite songs? Okay. So, all right. Death of a Bachelor is definitely number 1. That is undisputed. Like, it is flawless. Mm -hmm. It is flawless. Full stop. Um, I... It's hard to pick others, but, like, in terms of... It's hard to just narrow it down. Um, because they all are really Yeah, okay, if you chose one more song. Just one? Let's say one. If I had to choose just just one other... I'm gonna go with "Don't Threaten Me with a Good Time." It's so good. Woo! It's so it's saucy. <laughs> it's dark and gritty, but also just like fun and wild. And you're you, you're taken for a ride on that song. And I, yeah. Oh yes. I'm totally about it. That the guitar. Oh my god. That riff. It's just oh like, my god. All right. All right. See what I did there? Did it? Yeah. Yeah. All yeah, right. Yeah. All right. Boo. <laughs> okay, funny. I love But yes, so you top two. <clears throat> okay, top top. I thought you no, thought you, it was top you, three. No, I chose, chose two. Three. Death of a bachelor and don't. You said death of a and bachelor and don't threaten me oh. with a good time because you said one other. All right, you get one. I thought you said three of them. I thought you said death of a bachelor. And then and what? Then... No, Hallelujah. I didn't. I didn't. I thought you said hallelujah. Okay, I misheard you. You can choose one more. Alright. One more. <laughs> I'm gonna say... Victorious. Because it okay. was a really great song to just have to listen to going through the last year of college. It was just a beautiful... It was a beautiful end a realization of everything that I had worked for over the past several years. And going back to what I said earlier about my high school experience and hearing Ready to Go, having that song really sort of motivate me to work hard towards making my college experience the best that it could be. Having that experience with Panic and then getting to end my college experience with panic was a beautiful full circle kind of moment. And so I was really fortunate that panic was able to bless me with a song to end college on because somehow they're able to do that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I just found out Rivers Cuomo was a writer on that song. I don't know what to do with that information. I can see it. I can see it. I can actually see it. So now pick your top three. Okay. Me. Top three. Death Mm -hmm. of a Bachelor. 
Undisputed, yeah. hands down, number one. L.A. Devotee. Yeah. Because it's just such... I want to run around and explore L.A. There's such beautiful imagery in that song. The lyricism in that song yeah. is so impressive to me. It's a very L.A. song. And I'm going to say Crazy Equals Genius. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Because I relate very much to the lyrics in that song. Like, the whole, you can set yourself on fire, but you're never going to burn. <laughs> there is... There's like a very strange um, blend of pessimism with artistic desire to to be great and to be to tr- to transcend. Like if if this is what it takes, I will literally set myself on fire. Kind of a thing. There's something very crazy in that. The very frantic energy in that whole song. Also, it makes me want to dance. Like one of those old timey fifties jitterbug kind of dance. I want to yeah. do that to that song. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to a sock hop <laughs> dance to crazy equals genius but um no I there's something about that song that gets to me and it's like uh that could be a good or a bad thing I don't know but that I think those are my top three mm-hmm. and I'm gonna call it there alright and before we stop talking about Panic at the Disco cause we basically covered everything yeah, gone through it, yeah. I just quickly want to mention the fact that uh, Brendan Neary wrote a song uh, for a musical. No, this is important. This is important. You know why? Because we have this whole time spoken about how theatrical and about how how dramatic just, and, just, just and say it. cinematic Yuri's music has been. I will say my piece. <laughs> and finally, he got to write a song for a musical that is now a hit musical and had better win a Tony. <laughs> he wrote just a simple sponge for SpongeBob the musical. And you know what? It's the best. Number one. Number one is the best song oh on the album. God. Number two. <laughs> number two. You can tell it's Panic right off the bat. Okay, you can tell. From the opening riff of that guitar, you can tell it's Panic. But you can... You can kind of tell which artist wrote which song, because every, every song had a different artist writing the song, which uh-huh. is a very strange thing when I first heard about it, but I loved it. And this song is so great. <laughs> it's a very life-affirming song, and I can imagine Brendan Eary sitting on the piano, writing out lyrics, getting into the mindset of Spongebob, trying to, to prove to Mr. Krabs that he's not just the sponge next door, and that he can save Bikini Bottom from a volcano erupting... That will kill right. the town in, like, a day. Um, this is a lot of information about the Spongebob musical. It's, it's, you know what? It's worth it. It's important. Also, he de- he slips a lyric in there, and now there's panic that's run amok in my simple town, and it's like, Brendan! <laughs> you did that on purpose. <laughs> they put a lot of emphasis on that word, too. Like, when they sing it, they put a lot of emphasis. Wink, wink. <laughs> It's like way to be, <laughs> and it's and you know what? If this wasn't this, I want to hear I want to hear Brendan Neary singing this song because the chorus, I can hear Brendan singing it. Like I can imagine him singing it. It's a very theatrical and a very life affirming song. SpongeBob, if he can inspire SpongeBob to get off his and save Bikini Bottom, he can inspire you. <laughs> Exactly. I would also really quickly like to point out that Brendan finally got to star in a musical. Yeah, Kinky Boots. Yeah, and there are there are videos of him, and it is so nice as as a big musical theater fan to hear his voice used for that mm. style of singing. Cause whew, oh, totally. He he's perfect for it, and he knows it, and and I'm glad he got to live that dream, and I'm glad I got to live to hear it, and I really wanted to go Aww. see him in Kinky Boots, and I didn't. I'm sorry. <sighs> it's okay. But anyway, that's that's really all I wanted to say about the SpongeBob the musical. <laughs> I will keep you posted as to the Tony Awards, whether or not Panic at the Disco <laughs> can walk away with a Tony. <laughs> all right, we successfully talked about Panic at the Disco. If you um, if you liked what we had to say, please like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to our RSSS so you don't miss any future episodes. And please tune in again next week when we talk about another one of our favorite featured artists. We also want to give a big shout out and thank you to um, Soapbox 
they recently put us on yes. their 25 podcasts you should be listening to, March edition. Um, So a huge thank you to them. That means so much as we are just a small show and we are trying to make it in this world. We are a little baby <laughs> podcast and everything you do helps us tremendously. So please subscribe. Yes, do that. <laughs> um. No, but for real, thank you so much, Soapbox. If you came to us from Soapbox, we love welcome. You. We hope we can continue to deliver quality whatever <laughs> this is. We hope that you forget about silver linings. Because only gold is hot enough. So bye. <laughs>